0: Fans return to the Wells Fargo Center for absolute disappointment, not just tonight, but also throughout the entire week. Two out of eight points. It's Orange and Backcheck starting right now. This is the Orange and Backcheck podcast with Bill Kornfeld and Scott Weinhardt. Episode 68 of Orange and Backcheck, as always across from me, is Scott Weinhardt, who has a light fuse tonight, so we're going to try and light it. Uh, yeah, the only thing I can say good
1: so far is episode 68, uh, the Jeremy Yager episode. I remember when he played here. It was nice. They actually won games. One. They actually put up points. They actually played hockey very well. Um,
0: not anything that we're seeing right now, Bill. Yeah. Uh, I Like, the best part about tonight was the fans returning. Like the we best th- part about
1: tonight was when the game ended.
0: Yeah. Like, it, it, it was just nice to see 3,000 fans in attendance – uh, it was the only time I've ever been excited to hear the word
1: shoot. Yeah. Yeah. Uh,
0: in the yeah. stands. Uh, refs suck. I mean, I, I, I'm confused on what the. It, it, at the end of it, it didn't matter because they killed off the penalty for once. Their special teams actually uh, came through on that in that instance on the Travis Connecty goalie interference that made no sense to me. Um, but overall, like this was. This was one of the most disappointing weeks that they can have. And because of the stakes at hand, they're about to be out of the playoffs here. Out of a playoff spot, I should say. Um, and it doesn't get easier. Like, they have Buffalo coming up, but then they get the same team that they just lost to tonight. Uh, Washington, two nights in a row. Thankfully, they're here in Philly, so maybe that bodes in their favor to reset everything. But it's not looking good. What, what, what overall take for this this past week?
1: I'll start with tonight's game because we're doing this right after the game on Sunday. So I'll start off by saying, okay, they're give credit to their goaltender, Ilya Samsonov. he did play pretty well when he needed to, I'll say yeah. that when he, he made some tough saves when he needed to, but overall there were a lot of chances they had in this early in this game to get up Uh Konechny just missed the net wide on a great chance in front because he's trying to pick corners instead of just trying to shoot the puck. Um, I I, they had a couple other chances where Kevin Hayes made a great move inside and just delayed a little too much before making a pass and they had a chance chance to chance at the crossbar at one point or the post was was I heard we definitely heard the ding, um sometime in the second period they had a chance to really put this a little bit put the put the Capitals on the back burner a bit and really put them on their heels and they didn't do it and next thing you know right after hit the hit the post. Ovechkin comes down the other end and scores because they have de- they have a defensive miscue once again and left them wide open in front because two guys collide into each other because this team just seems like it doesn't know what it's doing defensively. Um, I know we've come back to that um, at this point, and I'm not saying this overall because they were this is a little bit of emotion because they just had a really awful road trip even if you go get a guy like matthias Eckholm, i don't think it makes a huge difference the way this team is playing because overall their team defense is just underperforming drastically i i am at a point where i honestly believe that there is a coaching issue here there there's no reason a team that this deep who can roll four lines and has very good talent on their third and fourth lines should be playing this poorly overall as a team i don't understand it i it just does not comprehend how a team with this much talent is able to not perform at a high level. And to me, that's coaching. That's a coaching issue. That's something that this coaching staff needs to figure out and address immediately. Because right now, in probably in the next eight minutes of hockey time in Pittsburgh, you're going to be outside looking in. As I talked about before the season even started, this team is going to be pushing for the French. And you don't want to get in that because Pittsburgh's playing well. Boston, you have, you haven't beaten them all season. Washington played one good game, and you got to play them twice again this week. You yep. get Buffalo on Tuesday, and you probably lose against them if you play like you did tonight. Be honest with you. So, well, uh, it, it, it's it's this 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 the way that they just got two points out of a possible eight, and the way they got the two points is just beyond disheartening because it, it this is not the team that you expected to see, given the amount of talent they have.
0: Yeah, and I think that's like the talent that is here is why you clawed your way back to two points in Pittsburgh on Thursday night. Um, but it's like, when we talked about last week, the the rumors that were on about Matthias Eckholm, it's thinking that, they are one or two pieces away. A guy like Eckholm could do it for you, but now, like, you can't make a, a, a huge move, a splash like that, because that's a pretty heavy splash that you're gonna have to give up for a guy like Eckholm. So it's if it, like I don't know where this team's identity is at this point. I think it goes to coaching, I think it goes to Carter Hart struggles. That is supposed to be a guy that's like he's over three. He's almost he's teetering on four goals he a played game. Well, tonight,
1: though, he played a heap. His last two games have been well. He's played well. He's just not getting support in front of him.
0: That's yeah, the I issue. think that's. I think that's it. I but like I get. I at the same time, I go and we've talked about how on this pod, especially when you're looking at a goalie statistic, goals against average is an overall defensive maneuver. This stat. While goal or a save percentage is, he's still under nine. I think he's at 890, 895 right now. Like he is playing as average as average can get for a goalie in the National Hockey League. Now, look, I'm not saying and ringing the bell that Brian Elliott needs to be the starter from here on out, but I think starting Tuesday, Brian Elliott needs to start getting. That 55 45 we've talked about in the past until he starts to reset himself. But again, I don't know what that fixes in the long haul because it doesn't. I, it doesn't I think experience. there's a lot of I, I I tend to start agreeing with you because I'm not saying A V is a complainer because he said I, I, I never have experienced the six games in next seven six six games in nine nights. But if you look at it starting Tuesday, they're playing seven games in 11 nights. Like, it's all the same to me. You're playing the games that you're given to you. Whether you were supposed to have tonight off or not, because originally you were with how COVID was supposed to be. This game was supposed to be not until April. Um, But, like, this is the cards you're dealt. You can't deal with the – was the team tired? Probably. But – who cares i don't care yeah thank you because people want to make
1: excuses for the team because they played six games in nine nights it's not acceptable two points out of a possible eight is not acceptable especially the fashion that you lost to pittsburgh i mean you know the first game on was it tuesday tuesday they just did not have a good game at all a lot of you know okay so i'll give them a pass for that okay you come back and then and within literally Ten, not even ten minutes into the period, you're down three nothing, and Vigneault calls timeout, resets the team. They battle their way back, and they win a game. Yesterday on Saturday, they played a solid game. A bad goal by Brian Elliott it does play a factor, but he made yep. up for it by keeping them in it until late in the third. When that midway through the third, when they just had another defensive miscue, and by then you could just see that all of a sudden they were out of gas. And I, I couldn't understand for a, a team that. The, the the penguins are playing the same exact schedule, they're playing the same amount of games in those amount of days, and they they had gas in their tank. I, again I, it comes down to this is that and there was another there was another stat too that came out that I saw yesterday that I'm floored by. There's just a couple of guys, um, Andy and Rono who they do but dabble in analytics. I'm not really I don't really look into that side, but they put out a key statistic is that I think the Flyers coaches are overanalyzing what they're doing here because. Kevin Hayes is getting more ice time, average ice time per game than Sean Couturier. Now, I know Couturier missed a lot of time, but Couturier is your best player. And according to them, they say it's brutal BS. That's a direct quote from them. And I agree. Mm-hmm. Couturier is your best play driver. He's, he's your best defensive center at the same time. He's your top center. And he's getting under 20 minutes a game. Guys, like, Kevin Hayes at Kevin Hayes at 1921 average. And Mm -hmm. Sean Kateri is 1829. It's almost a full minute less. Yeah, that's not just two or three shifts more. Yeah, that's not
0: just that's not just the injury from what Coots missed early on in the season. That's 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 how they're designing the play system and the line shift line shifts on this team. And, but and that's, still,
1: it, it's not. That's a that's a problem, though. Yeah. That's a problem. Your best player's not out there constantly. Like, think of all the top guys who are getting over twenty minutes a game. Connor McDavid is getting almost twenty three minutes a game. Patrick Kane's almost getting twenty three minutes a game. McDavid's at twenty two forty two. Kane's at twenty two fifty one. You know, Nathan McKinnon is at twenty one eighteen. And so, like, you're talking. These guys are they're getting about three minutes more per game than. Sean Couturier and their top players on their team. I mean, granted, Patrick Kane is a winger, but Connor McDavid's a center, Ryan O'Reilly's a center, uh, Leon Drysdale plays the wing and the center, Austin Matthews is a center. All these guys are over 21 minutes, 22 minutes, and Sean Couturier can't even break 20. So that tells me that, that they're not putting the, the players in the best position to take this team off. And I, I think when you talk about, and you're, you brought up a really good point, identity, you're right. What is this team's identity? Oh, we're just going to roll our bottom lines and see what they can do and outwork other teams until we really need to rely on our top guys. No, you need to start making sure that Sean Kateri is getting 20 minutes of ice time. You're making sure that Claude Drew is getting 20 minutes of ice time. Sean, uh, um, Kevin Hayes, as close as you can to 20 minutes of ice time. You, you need to get these guys on the ice as long as possible because they're your best players. And, a guy like Kevin Hayes, who defensively has not played well lately, had an awful play on the penalty kill yesterday. He was caught too high up in the zone that caught that that cost them a goal. Sean Couturier, they have them moving all over the place on the penalty kill, which led to another goal yesterday on the penalty kill. Special teams aside, you you need those guys on the ice to produce, and if they're not on the ice. That is a coaching problem. That's not something that the players are doing. Regardless if you're on the penalty kill or not, those guys would be out there anyway, so they'd be getting that ice time. So even if you're shorthanded, it doesn't matter. There's something wrong here that these coaches are overanalyzing, and I'm not dogging Vigneault, and I'm not saying he's a bad coach. The staff is looking at something, and they're looking at something too analytically, I believe, and it's not working well on the ice. It's not translating to the ice very well at all.
0: Well, let me give you another stat that I heard from Jim Jackson of NBC sports on Saturday's game against Pittsburgh. So they obviously went up one, nothing and then immediately gave up the tying goal. And then yep. that was it. That was the end of it. Uh, that was the 10th time. The flyers this season gave up a goal within two minutes of them scoring themselves.
1: I did not realize that, but now you say it. Yeah.
0: 10 times. How
1: many times have they blown the lead against Boston this year? Yep. This team cannot grab so, the ball by the horns. They, right. They, so they is that
0: coaching it. or is that defensive poor, poor defensive play from this I think it's team? Coaching.
1: I, I, yeah. I honestly think it's coaching. It, it's something it's not, I don't know, Like issue. it's not a talent issue. There, there's enough talent on this team, but the coaches aren't using the talent the right way, or they're so heavy on systemic on, on their system, the way they want them to play. It just is not a fit for this, this roster. I mean, they, this is a team that should be grinding teams out down low in the corners. They don't do that. They send one guy and they play passive. But you don't see an aggressive forecheck. You know, it started at the beginning of the second period from tonight. Let's look at, let's look at what, you know, we talked about lobby hockey, the lobby let hockey. As soon as the period started, boom, pucks in deep. And guess what? Washington is just forechecking the hell out of you. You know, the Flyers made a couple soft turnovers in the neutral zone within the first two or three minutes. Unforced, which tells me that they're trying to play too passive. They're not playing aggressive enough. And that concerns me because you cannot try to use a system to kind of fend a team off. You need to go at them. And that's when this team plays its best. When they also overpass the damn puck and don't shoot it at all, which they did a couple times early in the games over the past couple uh, past couple games. That hurts you as well. I don't know if it's some sort of mental makeup where this team just it isn't clicking for them or the coaches are harping on something where they want them to um, to look for the pretty play or try to set up set up, uh, you know, like set plays. But whatever it is, it's not working because the best hockey they've played is when they made simple hockey, get the puck down low, bring it back to the point, get it to the net and get garbage goals in front. And if that's their identity, then you need to continue
0: doing with that because they didn't do that tonight and 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 it cost them. I feel like over the last maybe really this week of this disappointing week. A lot of the goals have been from broken plays. It it, like, yes, garbage goals can be defined as broken plays when you're in front of the net and creating chances and stuff like that. But I feel like it's been mostly like uh, last night. Was it last night that they had the breakaway? The oh uh, uh, a two on oh breakaway where connect me potted one or,
1: or oh yeah that, yeah that was that was yesterday that was last so like
0: like that those kind of plays I feel like have been the theme of how they've been scoring the last couple of nights so, yeah they've had a couple bombs like got ghost gossip sparehead had, had one but like it's been I don't know how to describe it because it's it's a it's this weird dynamic of trying to find the line between broken plays and just getting in the dirty areas of the net and scoring that way. Like, I think there's a fine line between where that is. And I don't know where exactly that is with this team, but it feels like these are unorganized goals that are just bouncing in their favor. When they're not, you get results, like what we saw tonight and over the week.
1: And a lot of times when you go on odd man rushes anyway, or when pucks pop out, that's where you get a lot of your chances. And of course that's part of the game that happens. It comes back to this though. You talked about, you're seeing a dynamic here this they're not playing as a team you know i i I, I quote the great herb brooks you don't have enough talent to win on talent alone they don't they don't they have a so much talent but they i think they're reliant too much on it their team overall team play is garbage they don't have clean breakouts a lot of times they get too puck happy they get too puck caught puck watching a defensive zone or they're stuck where they're trying to you know forced issue and forced to where the puck is going rather than staying in a zone and, and knocking the puck away from certain areas. So um, that's to me, that's a big concern uh, because it, 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 you, without that whole team play where your team is in that flow, they're not in a flow at all. They, and and see, arguably they haven't been all season. The, the only time we saw a resemblance of a flow was against Buffalo last week. And even so you scored three goals in a period. In one game, and didn't do anything for the rest of it. So, um, I, I get concerned from that. You aspect saw that tonight of, too.
0: You saw that, that tonight in the first period against Washington. Like, like it, they fed off the energy of the fans. They were excited because you had three thousand people, and that and that was it. So it, it's just kind of one of those things where. Um, unless they complete a full 60. And again, we've been talking about a full 60 minutes of play since we've started this podcast. Like, it's just one of those things where I don't know what this team has to be told to be playing a full 60 minutes. They play a good 20. They play a decent, like, four minutes uh, of period two, and then the wheels come off and it's over.
1: You know, and that's why they're not a good team right now. And they really, it, 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 that's what's baffling about this is that you're exactly right. You, you can't figure out why a team like this can't put it together. And that's why I've come back to coaching. There's just no other rational explanation for it. It's yeah. not a talent problem. It's not like they don't have the, the tools to be able to get the job done, but whatever the coaches are instructing, I mean, look at this overall. I mean, look how how well last season, before the shutdown happened, how well they were playing. They were playing in some tough contests against some tough teams battling for playoff spots, and they were able to find ways to win the games. This year, they're finding ways to lose games rather than win them. Like, they'll Mm -hmm. have the lead, and then they'll blow it. Or, like you said, they'll score a goal, and then they'll give it up less than two minutes later. There's just something missing in this team – For whatever reason, it's just not working. It does not make any sense to me why this team, who has has so much talent, is just not able to put it together. And at the end of the day, that's on the coaching staff to bring the team together and get them to put them in the best positions to succeed. I don't know if that's happening right now. And again, it's not a slight specifically against Elaine Vigneault. It's not a slight against Chuck Fletcher. This is a problem where... The minds of Vigneault, Michelle Terrien, or Michael Therrien, and we have always go back and forth in that—and mm-hmm. Mike Yo have not gotten on the same page to get this team working in the right order. I don't know if messages are getting crossed, but these guys were all head coaches in the NHL. Vigneault, of course, materian has been co- co- uh, head coach plenty of times, and so has Mike Yo. Um, yeah.
0: these, recently, these with, guys, yeah, Mike Yo was recently with the Minnesota Wild under Chuck Fletcher, so like yeah, that and- was the. The connection there and I think that was one of the reasons why he was brought here as an assistant but and that's a good point like when you have three I'm assuming alpha males vying in that same position in in terms of a head coach and look again I'm not I've never spoken to AV in my life I've never spoken to any of these guys in my life I hope mm-hmm. to I hope we get, get to that point where we're able to reach that pedigree as a podcast but like it's one of those things where I'm just going off what I've experienced in my life where multiple alpha males are competing in the same position or p- p- for that it, it, trying to collaborate, but it's tough because you also think you're the smartest guy in the room for lack of a better phrase.
1: I doubt that I, I, I see your point. I don't think that's going on. I just mm-hmm. think that there are, I think there might be getting mixed messages. I don't know if they're all on the same page with how they want to coach this team. It just doesn't make sense to me how, the, the, there's this many problems. They, their, their power play is awful. The penalty kill is awful they are They can't, you know, they, they've, they've scored as many goals as they've given up this season. And they, we talked about like when they were the 11, four and one start and how good they were. And they're the worst. It was one of the worst 11, four and one starts there is. Well, guess what? It's a lot different now that you've lost a, quite a few in the last couple games here. Um, that 11-4, went, the reason why it didn't look good, because they, they weren't good. They were just getting points when they could. But, it, it's again, it's, it's a concern of something in that locker room is not mm-hmm. cohesive. So, whatever is going on in that locker room, something's not coming together. And it's concerning because you're pretty much halfway through the season at this point, and you haven't figured it out. Now, granted, they missed, like, seven players for, like, a week and a half because of COVID. They've missed some players because of COVID. At the end of the day, though, now that you have a full roster and you were playing well before, there's no excuse. I don't want to hear six games and nine nights. Oh, they're tired. Okay, great. You're tired. But there's no reason you should have ran out of gas in the last game against Pittsburgh. You should have found a way to tie that game up late, but they couldn't even get a shot on net at the end of the game for whatever reason. So um, I I don't buy into that. I don't know. I, I doubt it's conditioning. They haven't had any practice time, but every other team's in the same situation and has probably played more games than you. So yep. uh, it's not a conditioning issue. Something systemically is not right with the way they're trying to have this team play. There was there's been plenty of breakdowns before that last season. They were running more of a one two, two with one guy pressure the puck carrier, sitting back more in the zone, being more responsibly defensively. This year, playing a soft two one two where they have two guys up in the zone trying to, you know, um, trying to force a turnover, not really for checking. They're just kind of you know trying to uh, cause a turnover in front rather than get the puck down low. They're not built for soft passive hockey. Um, they're built for tougher hockey, getting in the corners and grinding games out. They're not doing that right now, and I think that's a major flaw that for whatever reason the coaching staff doesn't want to do that because when they play strict north-south hockey and they're getting the puck to the point, they're getting it down low, they're cycling it to the point, they're getting shots on net, that's where their offense is coming from. And if you have to play old-school north-south hockey like that, you need to play, and, and that's what makes you successful, come playoff time if you're in it at this point, That's what's going to make you successful. So consider playing that way night in and night out rather than trying to play with other teams. Play your style of hockey. So, again, that's what they're good at. They should continue doing that but it doesn't seem to me that this team has any consistency about what they're supposed to be doing because otherwise you wouldn't see so much confusion going on out there defensively, offensively, neutral zone turnovers. It's, it's not great right now. It's not great. And anybody who says that this team is, Oh, well guys are underperforming. I wouldn't go with their not good factor. Guys are starting to performing up to par. That's when you know, they're not good. They're just not a good team. It doesn't
0: matter if five guys are playing good if 15 aren't, you're not a good team. That's actually a a good point, and actually leads me into my next. uh, Where what I've seen out of this team, it seems like it's been decent or good individual performances. Joel Farabee looks really good. Sean Couturier looks really good. Claude looks decent. I think he's on. Claude's played well. He's not getting
1: points, but he's playing very well.
0: Yeah, I'm. I'm just okay. He's play driving. Exactly. So it's one of those things where it seems like it's a lot of individual, well-based performances, including Brian Elliott. Carter Hart obviously has been mediocre of late or throughout this entire season, but the Joel Farabies, the Couturiers, even Travis Konechny, who's been on a call streak, but he started off hot. Um, It's one of those things, but then when you cohesively come together, it's not transitioning or translating into success, going to your point about it being a coaching issue. My thought, my fear is, and again, it's one of those things where it comes to the alphas in the room or, or the just the stubbornness in the room, is A V is the is if the team is reliant on analytics as much as you think they are, Scott. Like what I, I've never met someone that just randomly says, you know what, I'm gonna back off the numbers, I'm gonna start doing this. Uh, based on more of the eye test based on just what we had success with last year I feel like I've never seen a team or a person just that's that heavily involved into numbers say something like that and that's my fear like there's not really any fix outside of a coaching change and I'm not calling for that I think AV is still the guy that can write this ship I just don't know if he's going to go about it the method that we want to I think it could be a fearsome, like some sort of lineup change, a, a player change, a player movement, something along those lines, more than anything. Whether it's warranted or not.
1: Well, they obviously need a shakeup. I mean, mm-hmm. if I'm if I'm Chuck Fletcher, I'm burning up the phone lines right now because I got to get this team a spark. I got to make a move. Like, yeah, if if it, if the move isn't gonna make you. You know, like better, so to speak. Like for instance, you're not going to bring one guy in here. And it's going to be, oh, he's a fix all, great thing. That, that, nobody's moving that player. No, you're not moving a Connor McDavid. Patrick Laine right. has already been moved. There's no players really out there available. Bringing in a guy like Matias Ekholm would change the dynamic on your back end and it would add a new piece. But you're not moving anything. So um, if that's the case, to do that, well, you might have to. But um, any, anyway, I, I don't see. I don't see, I, I don't see anything besides a shakeup being happening. And it's not like, Oh, they're going to pick, Oh, we're going to five. It's just a coach. Cause we have lost a couple of games here. No, no, nothing that drastic, but something needs to change in the sense where again, it, it goes back to this. They're, they're not playing cohesively as a team. We talk about the individual efforts. Their team play sucks. Like, there's no other way to describe it. It sucks. Like, their team play sucks. You don't see their line rushes go be really well. Like, you know, for instance, like you'll see like guys when they get to the blue line they'll pull up, or one guy will be at the blue line, the other guy will come over the line with the puck, and then they will just dump it in the corner. And it's like, why are you all stopped dumping it in and then starting the forecheck that way? Like, there's no chemistry. There's no flow. There, and it's what, what's strange enough is it's, it's pretty much the same exact roster as it was last year. You just you added Nolan Patrick and you got Oscar Limblom back. Other than yep. that, you're not really adding any other You're still Giroud, yeah, I, you're still Voracek. They're still connecting. All these guys are they're not performing. And, and I not There's no. Co- there's no cohesiveness.
0: Uh, yeah, I don't see guys like Joel Faraby and Oscar Lim- or excuse me, um, Nolan Patrick and Oscar Lindblom being the guys that destroy a locker room in line chemistry. Correct. Like, Correct. like they're, they're, that, that doesn't compute. Yeah. Um, like it just. I don't know, like, it, it, and it seems like everything's hesitation. They're taking one extra thought to a half a second to think about what they're doing when last year it's just fire it. Fire there it on know. net, create chances, you'll get the rebound eventually. You're not going to get it every time because uh, Sam Sanoff, uh, uh, Sam, Sam Sanoff, like, it's just one of those things where, it's just, like, they give up the rebounds at some point. Carter Hart has been doing it way more than he has in the past. He's starting to get a little bit better from what I've seen in terms of rebound control, but overall, like rebounds are inevitable in the National Hockey League. That's how this works. And it yeah. seems like, like every time, especially going back to Saturday's game when on the Travis Konechny uh, breakaway goal, I was like, they're not going to shoot. If they're just going to go back and forth between Lawton and, and, and TK until they were out of real out of, out of space, and all of a sudden, then they can't. Uh, 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 Jari is, has a, a, an easy save for Pittsburgh. Thankfully, Travis Konecki was able to shoot it. But tonight, it, it is mind boggling that in the National Hockey League, with hockey as the, the only goal in the National Hockey League is to score in the net and the hesitation of these alleged goal scorers on these on this roster that we've expected to put up, and they have. It's not like we're asking them to do something they've never done before. Joel Farabee is already on pace after 11 games to be 25-plus goal scorer. Like, Claude Giroux should consistently be 20-goal scorer. Joel – or excuse me, JVR – 25 plus like this isn't a tough task that we're asking these guys and everyone just seems to be like nah i don't really feel like it this year you take the <laughs> shot come on
1: you know i've never seen a team overpass like the flyers do and they've been doing it for a long time even before vigno for whatever reason's team just yeah shoot the puck they they have guys who like to move the puck around and then what happens is, like for instance like you know you you I've seen him on a three on zero where against Andre Vasilevsky and Vasilevsky stopped him. They've done a three on, you know, Jari almost got that puck the other day. He had a great push off up the other side, but it, they're, there's no shoot first. It's always pass first. Like, you know, like the whole Jake thing we go back and yep. forth there. Jake shoots when he should pass and passes when he should shoot. Um, they, they've been doing that a lot lately too. And Konechny, you know, he's gripping his stick too tight. He had a great chance and just he's trying to pick a corner. And literally on my screen now, I just see the Jari goal. Like, I, I, the, the goal where they score in the two on zero, yeah. Um, but I watched this. I watched these plays, and it just this makes sense to me because like the, the other teams against the Flyers, when you see them scoring them, like they just took the simple play. Like they just took yes. the simple play. They're they're they, they're overthinking it. And, and what comes that and that comes back to me for coaching. Like there there has to be something in that locker room. Someone say like, just put the puck on that There's their best games of when they've been cycling down low, getting to the point and shooting it. You know, Against Buffalo, yeah, granted, Buffalo is not good, but when you're putting up 40 shots against Buffalo, you're doing something right. You're getting the yep. puck to the net. You're generating more chances that way. Now you're just trying to look for the pretty play to get the goalie moving and just try to get yourself they, an open net goal. And it doesn't work that way because the goalie's lateral movements out there are way too good nowadays. And, I and you said, know what the thing is? If you shoot the puck, more often than not, it's just going to go in because it's just – or if you shoot the puck, you know what else happens, Bill? It's amazing thing called a rebound. Because, yes. you know, Carter Hart's had problems with rebounds. So why wouldn't the Flyers just shoot the puck and try to get that rebound? You know, it again, you see teams collapsing around the net and they clear the puck out, okay, we'll get it back out to the point, blast it back in. It, it, it's frustrating that it's – you're right, it's that simple of a game is that you shoot the puck, okay, you shoot the puck, you don't overpass it, you stay with your man, And stay out of the goddamn box. And they're not doing any of that right now. And and AV said the other day, like, "Oh, we won't have to worry about a bad penalty kill if we can stay out of the box. Yeah, well, this team's completely undisciplined because they're not moving their feet at certain points. Guys are trying to cheat and stop moving their feet. Then they get caught on an odd man rush the other day. Other way, it's they're overthinking a simple game. It's extremely, extremely simple. Shoot. The puck. Now, granted, you can't do it every single time. Sometimes you need the passing plays. But when you are over-passing and you don't take the shot and you are hesitant, you are overthinking it, and it comes full circle when it comes back to say, the reason they're doing that is because someone in that locker room is telling them to do that. Because if they're not just telling them to shoot the puck and simplify their system, then these guys are thinking way too much, and it's costing them precious seconds, which gets them caught, and the puck winds up in the back of their net.
0: Yeah, and, and and I I never thought we'd both of us would become shoot guys but this is where we are when this team has, has like I it's I can't be upset at the fans that are at the Wells Fargo Center going shoot when they're not shooting like it's it's
1: I it, I have to cut you off there because I I do have to say something about the fans with saying shoot because I always yell at people at games when I'm there, and the people are yelling "shoot." I do, and too. when there's legit no shooting lane, how right. can you shoot
0: the puck? Because it, it's always at the, on the power play when they do.
1: Yes, it. and if there's no shooting lane, it goes to at the very end of the game line. That's why they got caught in their own zone for 20 seconds with an empty net because yep. he was at the he was in the, he's at the blue line in the middle there's a guy right in front of him and he just flicked it like i'm like why would you do that like you, yeah. you have a guy two guys we have a guy on your left wing and you have a guy on your right wing who's wide open on both sides because they're playing a diamond at that point and you just try to flick it in and get it to the net like it's those kind of things like if you yell shoot and there's a guy in front of you it's not a good shooting lane. but when a guy is wide open and he has a shooting lane and he doesn't, I fully support the shoot when Van Gel shoot because it's the truth, is that if these guys are not taking wide open shots and getting pucks at the net to cause chaos and hammer home a rebound, it's just not smart. It's not smart hockey. You're, you're overthinking yeah. a simple game. And I get you. You're trying to be fancy and be East West and make it look good. But you're not as skilled as Toronto. You're not as fast as Edmonton. You can't make those type of plays. You play Philadelphia style hockey, which is black and blue. And I'm not talking bullies. I'm saying this is a team that you need to outwork teams, outwork players and outwork other organizations to grind your way to a win. And that's how you win in this division. If you're trying to play east-west fancy stuff, guess what? You're going to get caught going the other way on an odd man rush the other way, and when you have one goaltender who's really struggling to keep the puck out of the net, and a defensive core who has a really hard time of clearing out rebounds, that's why it makes your goaltending look even worse than it really is. So, it there it's a, it's a complete mess. But there is good news. There's Buffalo on Tuesday, right? So a chance for everybody to get back and say, okay, they're fine. Yeah, take a deep breath. And then you got to play the Capitals twice again this week. Which, Look, if you that, don't pull out four points, you're if they don't, if they don't, they don't get through. They don't get six out of eight points over the next week here, Bill. They're in big trouble. They they, they won't trouble. make the playoffs. They won't make the playoffs.
0: It's it's huge trouble. But I I actually want to go back to the comeback game on Thursday because I think that is how this team gets back on track, and that is by one Claude Drew. If the coaching staff is not going to adjust it to the level that needs to be done in terms of analytics backing off analytics a little bit. Claude drew has to be the guy as the captain, because that's what the captain is in today's NHL. It's not as um, vocal. I, I guess it, it's not as vocal uh, leadership. It is what you're doing on the ice. What Claude Giroux did on the ice to lead that team. Cla- he was the sole reason that team clawed their way back on Thursday, four, yeah. three against Pittsburgh and Pittsburgh. He's the only reason if this team wants to get back on track after a crappy week where those were the only two points that you got. And now you have two of the next three games against the same team that you laid an egg against tonight against Washington. And the other good thing is you're at home. This is Claude Giroux's bullpen right here. It's the reason he got the shift in 2010. It's the reason he got all of that stuff, the shift in 2012. Like, that is what we expect from Claude Giroux, and I expect him to do the same. Like, this is tailor-made for Claude Giroux to – if the coaching staff isn't going to do everything that we need to do, I'm filling in the gaps that they are, they're missing. And that's what I'm here to do. And I'm going to do it right here, right now, while I'm on the ice against Buffalo, Washington twice this week, and just get this team back on track and hopefully get a full six points. in then in these next three games,
1: you know, you look at the overall standings too, like mm-hmm. they can fall out of this real quickly. If they don't have a good rebound week, like Pittsburgh has battled their way back. But it's with some luck. It's because the Flyers have had issues with COVID. The Bruins didn't really have a great week last week. They're four, five, and one in the last 10, so they're a little bit on the schneid right now. The Islanders have powered their way up to first place because of Matt Barzell's just been with that ridiculous goal he had this weekend against Buffalo. Um, he's leading that team back. And Washington's solidified second place. They're going to be within the top one or two seed for sure. Right now, the Flyers are fifth because and Pittsburgh is final. They won 5-1 against the Rangers. The thing is, the Flyers are only four points ahead of the Rangers for sixth. So, mm-hmm. and then, you know, other than that, I mean, it's really it's really out of, out of hand with New Jersey and Buffalo. But if the Flyers don't pick up some points this week, and Pittsburgh is, seems energized right now, where, you know, new GM, Brian Burke, and with Brian Burke and Ron Hextall, those teams, that you know, Brian Burke's philosophy is to have a team that is just – outworking other teams every single night and that's exactly what Pittsburgh's doing right now they're outworking other teams if the Flyers don't get their crap together and I hate to say the word crap because it's true they're playing crap right now they, they look like crap they're 5-4-1 in the last 10 but they, they they're they're lucky to be in that position right now they really are and, and granted because of COVID was a part of it like the last 10 games it did contain COVID I had the COVID issue you had Lake Tahoe had that whole mess there but if you continue doing this, now you've lost three out of your last four. You're going against a team against Buffalo. And you really need to get two points out of, and you've got to find a way to at least get three points here out of out of, out of Washington. I mean, no less. You, you need five points this week. You, need, you have three games left. You got five points. There's no other choice. You can't leave with four. You need five because you need to find a way to make up a point here that you should have caught against Pittsburgh, and you need to find a way because, you know, like last week when we talked about six games and nine nights, you know, we I, I kinda had a feeling they weren't gonna win tonight anyway. Like honestly, I thought that last week. I thought you weren't gonna get two wins and coming, even if you were coming home against it because of the back-to-back and mm-hmm. and, and the capitals having a break and fresh legs. It's a very difficult thing to do. But it didn't mean you didn't have an opportunity to do it. But still, you also gave away a game, the first game in Pittsburgh. You barely made it back in the second one, and then you gave away the third one. So you gave away pretty much two at th- a game, three games here. And you almost had it almost had it where you just got zero out of eight points here. So in order to keep pace here, they need to start making up those points. Now that they missed out on If they don't, if they come out of here with two points this week and they lose the next two against Washington, I'll tell you what, I, I don't know what you're going to do it in order to get back in the race here. Cause right now the way that Pittsburgh's playing, you could come back out and next thing, you know, they've got 33 points. And you're still at 27. Now you're six points out, and each game needs more and more and more as you get closer here. How are you going to make up six points, even when you have one game or two games in hand? you, you re- It's really hard to do. So yeah, you, we talked about this week being a pivotal week. They didn't pace the test. Like, they flunked. They flunked heavily. Like, they barely made it out of, of, of Pittsburgh that on Thursday with that comeback. And as great as it is to see a comeback like that, you, you can't say, oh, yeah, they're fine because look at the way they battled back. Yeah, it's great. They battled back one game where they were desperate, and now you have games where you didn't get points out of, four of, the, of, 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 of two of those three games, and you dropped the ball again tonight. So don't hang your hat on a comeback saying that's great. That's, that's, one, that's just one game where you were able to do that. There's a lot of games where you should have controlled it for 60 minutes and didn't. But, I, look, at the end of the day, they they need to change something, and they need to fix it now because you're running out of games here. You're halfway through this season. And if you don't yeah. figure it out now, you're not making the playoffs. And if this team does not make the playoffs, that's a major, major problem because I really think that even with all this cap restrictions and the the, the flat cap, there, there might be some internal talk of, well, you know, the Corps had 10 years to do it. You know, Giroux, Voracek, you know. Uh, Provorov hasn't played well either. gossip Spear has been here a while. They're going to move some pieces, and it would be the time to do it now, more than anything else. And just like that light in my turtle tank behind me that just went out, that that could be the Flyers' core, and and moving on to where you're not exactly rebuilding, but you're handing it off, and that means a few years without a chance for Stanley Cup. So yeah, um, you, look, now is your opportunity to to kind of realize, like, okay. We're, we're in trouble here. We need to do something now if we legit believe that we're contenders, whether it's a move, whether it's just a coach is changing something up, but something needs to change. And if it doesn't, this isn't emotion. This is just fact. You're, you're not going to the playoffs, and that's going to be a bigger problem considering how well, that, how much this roster changed, and you have a repeat of the 2014-15 season that never took that step up. And now you're questioning your coaching and staff all over again.
0: Yeah. It, it's, and Rand. it's, yeah, it, it's, it, 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 I couldn't have said it by better myself. Like I think that's where you, you could
1: not have said that better than I did. Right.
0: There. I, I think that's where we wrap this week. Like this is, and it's not just this week, whether they get six points this week, five points this week for the rest of this week, whatever it is, then you got to do it again. This is what, this is what it, it this week is about. When you're in an in, in-division interconference conference where it's literally just the top four uh, teams in your division are going to the playoffs and you're playing the same teams every every night in and night out. You're playing the same seven teams and uh, for this season. That's it. It's every team, every game is a four-point game.
1: And, and, here, and here's, here's the key, and this is why this is such a big week for them, is because they need to prove that they can beat a top-tier team Yes. In the East, they haven't beat Boston and Boston while they're in third right now, they've struggled against Pittsburgh ever since those first two games. They, they did not play well this past week against them, regardless of what happened. Um, this week you have the Sabres and you have the Capitals twice. You've got to beat the Capitals. you got to show that you can play with the big boys in the East. You have to, because next week, yes, you have the Rangers twice, but then you get the Islanders three times. And they're you haven't hot. had, pro- you've had major problems with the Islanders the past two years. And yes, you beat them in overtime twice this year, but you also gave them points. So yep. you also had leads in those games and you blew them both times. So, um, you, you this, if they don't pick up this week if the rate, and especially if the Rangers find out that they're, they could be in, in striking distance. Those are really big games. Those games from games from, okay. Like they're competitive. To where they really, really mean something now, and then having to go play the Islanders, you're already in playoff hockey, so um, yeah, yeah, they better wake up. I, 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 I I don't. You're right. I I don't know what else to say. uh, Give me like a
0: broken record. But what's what's your prediction for this week? So we have six points on the table. I, I have my number in my head. What, what's yours?
1: You need five. You need five. Yeah. I'm five, five, five to six points here. You, you don't have a choice. You don't, you cannot afford to have another week. Like you just did. You'll be at uh, the way this, the way that the way that the way the division is this year, you'd be, you're out of the race. If yeah. you, you blow six points this week, you're out of the race. you and in, you would spend way you would do what they did in the past is that you'd Find a way you drop a bunch of the points during the early in the season and then have to start playing playoff hockey by December, January. And then by the time you actually get to the playoffs, you can't get out of the first round because you're out. So maybe if they start playing Sean Couturier 20 minutes and Kevin Hayes, 20 minutes and Claude Giroux, 20 minutes, maybe they don't have the situation where they're out of gas like this. All of a sudden, maybe yeah. have your best players out there all the time, but that's what I'm saying is that they need to change something. Something needs to change here and it needs to change this week. Like, you've had your reprieve, you're, you're out of time now. Like, you had the issues with COVID, you got past it. You've got your full roster back. It needs to be solved now. And if you don't solve it now, then I'll tell you what, even though there's only 3,000 people there, you have a lot of people paying a lot of money to see a really, really bad hockey team and a lot of pissed off 3,000
0: people. Yeah, yeah, and it's weird seeing, like, it, it, 3,000 people is the lowest attendance they've had ever Like I can't think of a time when they've had less than 18,000 out of the 20,000. So yeah, 3000, it's not a lot, but it's the, it's a sellout. It's going to be a sellout in, in, in the era of COVID every night. And that those fans will sound like 20,000 in a normal scenario. If this, whether it's the highest of highs or the lowest of lows, and we're on the downswing right now and you, you got to get them, uh, it, it's gonna get real, real uglier if they don't, like you said, I'm going four. I, I think they I think they split with Washington. I think they win Tuesday night. because I, because I, as bad as we make are making them out to be, they can beat the crappy teams. Buffalo doesn't yes. scare me. Um, yeah. I, I think they've proven it to me enough that they're going to handle their business, especially at home again. It's a, it's a good thing that this week is at home. Next week being away is the tough part because it's the Rangers and you, as you said, it's the Islanders who are red hot right now, top of the conference or excuse me, top of the division. So it's just like you you got to bag. I think you get. I think they bag four points because it's at home. If this was in away, I think it's way different. I think it's yeah. way more bleak.
1: And like they, the schedule, I don't want to say the schedule gets easier, but the schedule gets a little bit lighter when you get towards the end of March. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean you can give away points now. So, like, yeah. for instance, after they have, like, the, the Capitals this week, they play the Rangers twice and the Islanders three times. Then they play the Devils, the Rangers twice, then the Sabres twice again. So, if, if you're going to start getting into a groove, you know, you, you better do it now before you play the Islanders and figure it out now because you, you need to nab those points from the Islanders because, it, again, I don't want to look two weeks down the line. Again, this week they need to focus on beating the Sabres on Tuesday – and then the Capitals twice this week. Who yep. knows? Maybe they, they all of a sudden, if you're the coaching staff, find a way to get the team to reset and figure out exactly what you know. The, the team seems like they're front. we fans, you know, are frustrated. I know the coaches are frustrated. The players are frustrated. Everybody's frustrated right now. But whatever it is, they need to find a way, like they on the old Nintendos, like just press the reset button. If the things screen screen gets all jittery, press the reset button and. Vigneault is a good coach, and he will find a way to do that. Tomorrow is an off day. They don't have to travel this week. If I'm them, I don't, I'm not even on the ice tomorrow. I'm just – give them the day off. Just, just take it. Give that reset and yeah. just move on to the next one. Look, we, we, we didn't have the best of weeks. Come back on Tuesday morning for the morning skate, and let, let, let's get ready to work against the team that night, and then maybe you start building something from there. Um, but, again, the coaches need to change something something needs to change here. Something needs to change because this is not a recipe for success. This past week has not been a recipe for success. Even with that comeback, that's getting down three, nothing, in your game is not a recipe for success. So it's not one player. It's not the goaltending. It's not the defense. It's the team as a whole that needs to fix this thing. And it really is on the coaches to show what they're able to do and to be able to do and get that done. Because if it needs to happen, this is like your, you know, essentially your midlife crisis so to speak whatever yeah, it is a good way to put it yeah. figure it out and, and get it figured out and move on because if you don't you're going to be in dire straits by the time you get in the next couple of weeks here and there might not be enough time to call back into it so the, the time is now the time is now
0: i think that used to be a hashtag they did the time time any. it's not any obviously they have energy anyway doesn't matter they used to do a campaign slogan that something like that But so every
1: team thinks the time is now that's true. There's a Brian Burke always says there's one Stanley cup, you know what I mean? And it's the truth. There's only one team that can win the Stanley cup each year, but
0: no, technically there's two, there's one that they award. And then the one that's always in the national hockey league hall of fame.
1: Thank you so much for listening to Orange and Back. We should wrap up that. Though, with you, with, you, with you, 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 you went with the you went I'm with the say, dad joke. You went I'm with the dad saying, joke. I'm
0: just saying. I'm just saying. Brian Burke of all people should know that there are technically two Stanley Cups. Yeah,
1: but only one team can win it.
0: Right. That's yeah, what only one team said. can win
1: it. Only one team can win it. And On hopefully, that it's note. not Pittsburgh. Yeah. With all due respect, as much as I respect Brian Burke, and I think everybody should. Uh, I I hope Brian Burke, while he's with his current team, does not win a Stanley Cup because three in the last 12 years is enough for me.
0: Yeah, yeah. All right, well, that's going to do it here for Orange and Backcheck episode 68. Man this has been a fun ride this Yarmir week was not yager fun episode. let me
1: I'll, I'll give you the salute the the yager salute that's a little yeah better. give you the yager salute
0: the yamir yager episode and we're talking about pittsburgh just completely owning the flyers kind of poetic justice if you ask me anyway yeah yeah but if you haven't already make sure you subscribe all of the descriptions are in the uh, in the uh, in the descriptions below youtube page all of that make sure you like us on youtube we post all our videos from the podcast for the clips as well twitter facebook instagram all that good stuff shoot us an email at orange at gmail.com if you have any fan questions, if you went to the game tonight, or if you're going this week, let us know your experience. How was it down there at the Wells Fargo Center? They seem to be really tight knit on the on the precautions on the, how to prevent the spread, which is a, a great thing to see. I think I'm going to try and get myself down there at some point, even earlier than I anticipated. So if you thought you had a great experience, orange and backcheck at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. We'll talk to you guys next week.
1: Oh, by the way, I get vaccinated this week. Woohoo!
0: The hell are you doing?
1: Chewing gum angrily, oh.